0: far we have a lot of good state places all right and and we're, we're live now we might as well start out because we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects that's south dakota and i'm going to put you on default mute until you figure out how to knock it off with that banging of the microphone <laughs> i'm not banging the microphone no, 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 whatever you're doing self. you're bouncing the the table or something i'm going to mute you or you're going to have to unmute yourself okay okay all right good <laughs> I'm going to go uh, get a glass of water. Uh, Whoa, the bus. Just left. <laughs> Did you get into water? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so you're going off to South Dakota?
1: Yes. So, got the agenda Mount Rushmore, going to an alpaca farm. Um, the hell here? Reptile <laughs> garden, Keystone, wind cave, mammoths, a lot of things, you know, that we, you and I talked about, Deadwood lead or lead spearfish nemo they tell you got screwed out of the nuclear missile site in phillips Um, how
0: how did you get how it's right there off the interstate
1: no no the registration for it so you go online and they apparently take 18 people a day so three tours of six and I, i did it well in advance and um it looked like i had the two kids and the two adults in the in the cart and i checked out and then it only had the two kids i called the next day and they're like oh yeah there's there were only two spots open i'm like but your website had four and i put them in the cart and then the lady's like there's nothing i can do like she totally got defensive and then she's like i'm like well is there any there's nothing else open i'm like and then and then she's trying to upsell me i can get you like things to other places do you want to go to mount rushmore i'm like i've got things covered like You've been unhelpful enough. You can still come out here.
0: I'm like, I, no. I'm surprised that place is even booked. It's just a, it's a hole in a field. Uh, it, and it's right. I mean, you could even still, you know, it's like uh, technically you don't have to pay to see Mount Rushmore because you can see it from kind of all over oh, the yeah. Black Hills. Yeah, uh, it's only if you really want to go right up to the the uh, park itself. But as you're driving up, there's a little pull off where a lot of people get in car accidents, by the way, Uh, a lot of motorcycles. I saw one more. It was, it's great. When you just see these boneheaded, not to delve too much into motorcycle background, but you either are a motorcyclist or you're a rookie new banker who just bought your Harley. There's not a scratch of dust on it. You have matching mom pie helmets. And I hate to say it. I hope those people crash because they cause so many crashes and like a blessing from God himself, I was coming down this road. You'll be going up it. I was coming down from Mount Rushmore. And there's this little pull-off that you could pull off. And if you're smart and wise about it, you can see Mount Rushmore for free. And it's a nice thing. And it's well to do. Uh, but I saw old Ma and Pa Tilly tip their Lord knows $25,000 Harley right in the middle of this this busy highway. Oh, wow. like, oh yeah. Because it, it he didn't make – He's trying to do a U-turn out of it. And he – misjudged the cars and freaked out and dumped and i just went right past laughing my ass off because those people should not be out riding especially during the Sturgis rally
1: you know in in wisconsin they're doing the interstate um from madison down to the border illinois border and they Mm -hmm. changed it this week from 70 to 55 because they were averaging like five to eight accidents a day it's in at 70 they would they didn't have, uh, shoulders. They would take those concrete boundary things, you know, mm-hmm. which are about, I don't know, whatever the hell about five feet long and two feet high. And then you just move them around and then they put those in. So there were like no shoulders and everybody's like flying at 75, 80 miles an hour. So they had to shut it down because I mean, people were just nonstop crashing. And plus it was so piss poorly marked. Like you never knew all of a sudden, Hey, lane change ahead or new traffic pattern. It's like, Whoa, what the hell? Like, what, uh, it's like it's a goddamn circus ride. Was
0: this uh, Harley Davidson? I thought it was like a Milwaukee ride they did. Is this something separate?
1: No, no, no. I'm just talking the interstate. Just, just they're doing, you know, they're they're updating the interstate. They're making it wider and they're doing new overpasses. So in Wisconsin, from Madison all the way down to like Rockford, the interstate is completely ripped up. I mean, completely ripped up. Really. Yeah, and and so like, and then they put the lines on, like the temporary lines, but then they really can't remove those. There's new lines. So then you're driving down, and it's like ten lines on. So I'm like, where in the hell's
0: the lane, for Christ's sakes? Right, you see the shadow of the old lines. That yeah, you see. It? Yeah,
1: yeah. And then in at night, you might as well just. I mean, it is it is a nightmare. And then it fucks with the Garmin too because they change the lane stuff, so the Garmin will quickly like, come on, you're driving the wrong way. I'm like, shut the hell up. I'm fine. <laughs> You don't say I, that to me when I'm I, driving.
0: I remember in the olden days, we didn't have Garmin. We had those big, thick Atlas books where you had to find the grid. Know. You'd have to look up in the index of the uh, the, uh, the street, and then you oh, page D4. And I remember you. I still have maps. A lot of people laugh at me, like, oh, what no, do you yeah. have? Them up?
1: I've got oh, a whole map system. I'll take this out. To... Yeah, I had one of the first Garmins, and I got rid of it like a year or two ago because the thing would take so damn long to try to calculate out even the easiest route. It was just that antiquated where it just like gave, I was just like, dude, you know, it was like the 95 year old guy giving you directions. I'm like, I'm already, I'm already past that. I'm past that.
0: Well, I just save an Atlas and uh, maps because if the internet ever goes out or there's like, those maps are going to become valuable. People laugh at me like, Oh, what do you got a map? What do you use standard It's Like, well, it's you're really going to want this map to know where you are in case like oh the satellites go out oh there's war or something like that it'd be nice to know where there's a river or a bridge or another town coming (laughs) up
2: that's crazy talk Aaron. yeah i know i I see michael's there hey i
3: think dt is there yes i am hello hello do you hear me DT?
1: DT, just know. so you know, I, was, I, I downloaded all of the podcasts that you had before you um, stopped making podcasts. Before I quit? Yeah. Foolishly, I might Small, I, small I, mean, I quit. Hashtag oh, man. small
3: eye quit. That's I actually the what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about quitting. This has been the year of quitting for me. Why? There's that's more a, quitting coming up. That's a great I mean, This say- week. It's it's my show, but
0: what the hell? Let's just talk
3: about what you want. Yeah, just muted hey, uh, hey, you uh, said you want to of right? to be well. Oh, my
4: what? God. What's what, what the hell?
1: What Is that your soundtrack?
2: No, that was me. I forgot <laughs> my cell phone. Right, right. But you mute me. Okay.
0: <laughs> hold
1: it. Hold Man hold gets it. muted.
0: All right. All right. This is exactly what I wanted to avoid. And now we've got the Circus and Pony show going on here. Everybody turn off your fucking phones. Everybody not make dishes. Who wants to? Uh, so here's
2: it? the problem is I abandoned the iPhone for a kick-ass uh, Android, and I can't find the freaking mute switch on it.
0: What What do you have, a, an iPhone?
2: Uh, nah, I, I got I got so sick of Apple, I got rid of the iPhone. I just picked up uh, a new Samsung, the Galaxy S9. i got it. It's pretty oh, awesome. Nice. Very
1: nice, man. Good I've move.
2: been thinking about getting rid of the iPhone for years, and I should have done it a long time ago because this Android shit
1: is so much better. Great, yeah. man. The Camera's awesome on that thing. Great move, and, man. And yeah. you've
2: only
0: given a leftist organization how many tens of thousands of dollars worth of infra, you know of money over the years buying Apple products.
2: Yeah, well, here for a while there, when Jobs was running the show, this shit actually worked, mm-hmm. and it was actually you know kind of elegant and nice. Now it just looks pretty, but it doesn't work and it sucks. So, yeah.
5: well, d- doesn't uh, Apple have built in obsolescence? Yeah. They well, they do. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes,
5: <they> do. <laughs> well, I mean, it defeats the whole point. I mean, the way it, it's its kind of like getting their uh, customer base hooked on a drug, their, their business model. I mean, in one sense, it's brilliant, but it's so unethical. I would never buy their products.
3: I kept on updating my uh, iOS on my iPad, thinking it would solve the problem every time. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And now it's basically unusable. So, and I hardly use my iPad for anything. And so, yeah, they definitely, the planned obsolescence is a real thing. and pisses me off.
0: Well, they had a couple months ago, I think, didn't uh, Apple purposely lower everybody's battery power?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, they did. yeah. And they claimed it was to stop some kind of a some kind of an issue from occurring. Was like, yeah, really? Okay, well, if the issue occurs, you just fix it. I mean, yeah, it's dishonest.
5: I have um, the make of mine is I think an LG. Um, I mean, it's an Android OS, but uh, it's an LG, and I, that's what I've been using. Uh, I mean, that, that not the same phone, but the same uh, make for six years. Yeah. You've had the same phone for six years? No, 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 no. It's I've been just upgrading the LG, the, oh. the Mate LG. You know, it's like, I, I, let's say I keep buying, let's say, a Honda, but not the same car, just, you know, the same. <laughs> trade it in, move up, you know.
2: Well, I, I will say one thing about Apple is I, I, I use Mac for my writing because some of the best writing tools out there are on Mac. And for a while there, I was, I was all Apple because I – went insane for a few years but anyway but i will say the macbook pro i've got that i got back in 2013 2014 is still kick-ass running it's still super fast still super does everything i need and never had any issues with it i can't speak for their newer models because i hear they all suck uh when this one dies i'll just get a mini i'm pretty much moving everything since the whole in addition to the whole Android thing, I got myself a PC, moving everything over onto it. And I think the only thing I'm using Mac for anymore is writing and and uh, podcast, video stuff. But it's like, man, that's uh, bad. The, the years of doing that kind of are
0: eating at
3: me right
2: now.
0: <laughs> I'm just running out of companies I can buy stuff from that aren't outright rank propagandists for the Democrat Party or this cause or that cause. I have to go and parade their uh social justice warrior virtue signaling credentials i, I just oh, I just a, want a right, freaking I mean, coffee and i want a freaking phone that's it
2: freaking a man you you made a patreon account immediately before you know a few months ago they kicked a bunch of people off patreon because they weren't politically right mm-hmm. correct rather and mm-hmm. they just did a few more again just in the last few weeks and you got a patreon account just from, just when i decided fuck it I'm done with them. I canceled all the subscriptions that I'm helping people out with from there, and I'm, I'm done with them because they're supposed to be a neutral platform, but at the same time they're saying, yeah, yeah, but you, we don't like what you say, so you can't be on here. Well, you know, screw yourself. Go away. Yeah, but well, you
5: got to go? be careful of that wrong thing, man. I've
0: just – I've given up worrying too much about, like, if it comes to coffee, at least coffee – That's something I don't get. I do not understand how the soccer moms with the Trump or the Romney bumper sticker all lining up at the Starbucks drive-thru. You have so many other options. That is not a monopolistic or oligopolistic market. But when you get to say, uh, you know, Patreon, at least there you have PayPal, but the whole market, no one's, nobody is, uh, going to PayPal, even though it's cheaper and better. It's like Betamax versus whatever VHS. Um, so as much as I try to promote to get people hey God, donate to pay uh, PayPal donate to PayPal people didn't everyone does Patreon even though they take 10%. Yeah,
6: there's uh,
2: another thing, thing out there called Free Starter which uh, has a subscription subscription model thing too that Does
6: PayPal some- have a a subscription sorry subscription model or could they start one? I mean if I were them nope. that's what I'd do. They they do,
0: but here here's what I'm saying is uh when it comes to these donations and it comes to a Patreon or a PayPal, there are multiple competitors. And now that uh, Michael mentioned Freestar, I'm going to look that up. Uh, It's getting the behavior of people to uh, avail themselves of all the different competitors in that market. And for whatever reason, it could be marketing, it could just be ease, it could be laziness on the part of people. The vast majority of people go through Patreon. So I'll take I'll take a look at this free starter, but I've had PayPal up for gosh seven eight years now. Where it's like hey yeah, make a donation, and yeah, I got a couple of donations here and there. Uh, Patreon, I'm already up to like twenty five or twenty six
2: bucks now a, a month. Yeah, true. The other other option, of course, it probably wouldn't work for you is, uh, I, you know, I sell my books through my website in addition to other places. And I have uh, I use WooCommerce for that, which is a WordPress plugin. And uh, the ebooks get delivered through a service called BookFunnel, which links directly to my uh, WooCommerce site. And then uh, people buy it and they get an email from BookFunnel. And BookFunnel is this kick ass thing where they will integrate with your Kindle or other things and uh, send it straight to the person's Kindle or iPad or their computer or whatever. And it's nice and easy. And then I make all the money. But WooCommerce also has a subscription model. Uh, of course, you have to have a self hosted WordPress site and the WooCommerce plugin. Put all of it in there, and then I don't. Apparently, you probably don't want to deal with that. But if you did, that would be another option for you. I got,
0: I got something up this free starter thing, and then what else? There's some uh, super chat alternative. That what was it? Matt Forney was talking about it. It almost becomes more work trying to keep up with all these bleeping. You can't even call it came not called social media, online internet services that uh, help accentuate the social media. After a while, it's like, hey, dude, you're, you're not even making content anymore. You're dealing with this. You're fucking around with that. You're tweaking this. You're installing this. You're adding that. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. But Doc, you weren't around. Did you ever have a – I know you have a, like a website and a blog now, but how long have you had your blog? Uh,
1: I've had the blog – since I, since I started the, uh, podcast about, you know, a year and a half ago, I was blogging actually about 10 years ago. Um, but then I, I just, you know, gave it up. But every time I do a podcast, I do a corresponding blog post to go, go with it. So, you know, I, I guess I've done 70. Um, so, but, but it I haven't done anything outside. I write articles, you know, for magazines and things like that. Um, but yeah.
0: But it's in conjunction with your podcast. I'm talking back in the days when there, the bandwidth was so slow, there was no ability to podcast. There certainly <clears throat> was did. no ability to do video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did. It's still out there somewhere. It was, um, I was teaching adjunct, which I still do. And I think is an awesome way to make like a side income. I never did it like as a as a full time job. And yeah, you have uh, to be a
2: hooker yeah, if you do that, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. According to Aaron's podcast, right? But, um, but yes, yeah, so I was doing, I was, and then I had it was, it was something called like, you know, adjunct tips or whatever. And it did have a following maybe like 12 years ago on Blogspot. And then I just stopped, but it was tips of like how to set up your class and how to like keep people engaged and, and shortcuts on, you know, grading and some other stuff. And, but then I don't know, I just stopped doing it because there wasn't any, I wasn't making any money off of it. And I just kind of went into other things. I mean, off of that, but I was, as far as like the adjunct stuff, you know, and sometime I think it, this will be a good show to talk about different ways to have income streams, because I'm telling you, I've taught adjunct since 2013, and Aaron, I know you did ballroom dancing. Plus, you have your courses in finances. I used to you teach.
5: Uh, I was an adjunct at one time too. To teach well, just, know. just, just not to interrupt, but someone actually in the chat asked uh, what happened to the super chats, Aaron. You don't have them on.
0: Well, they're not. That's because this this site is older brother. And the other site, my traditional site, uh, Aaron Clary, that is qualified. That's monetized. You need to have a certain amount of minutes viewed. Uh, so this, this current YouTube channel, which I'm trying to build up, has not yet eligible
5: for Super Chats. Okay, good. All right, I just wanted to clear that If they out. want, they,
0: they go to Patreon or PayPal or whatever. They can throw their money there. But, it, yeah, Super Chats won't be enabled for, I estimate, about a month. Uh, but I'll let everybody know. But anyway, so all right, uh so Doc, you you said at one time you had yourself a a, a blog, uh, but you're an adjunct, and that's what you used it for primarily.
1: Yeah, yeah, just to kind of connect up with other adjuncts, and, and at that time I was trying to expand to see if other, you know, to your colleges or universities would be interested in some of the stuff I was doing. So I'm like, hey, I'm also doing this blog; you could check out. But it, I really never needed to do that because I I just kind of branched out with the university is primarily working with well so you quit you're a quitter no 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 I've been I, 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 I'm, I'm so joking, joking. <laughs> I'm
0: so joking. Never, okay all right everybody stop piling later. up stop piling up i was just joking
1: my so, question, uh, my, my dying question before we get going, though, right now, DT, what is the percentage that Windows 10 is occupying on your machine? Is right now, 99 or 94?
3: <laughs> no, I just, dis- I, fi- I disabled Windows Update <laughs> again. I don't know if it automatically enabled again, but it probably will. Uh, but, know, here, I'll check it out here. Let's see.
1: <laughs> let's see. We're let's at. Go back to a podcast of, of Aaron. Well, and, well we're and only DT. at 13%.
3: Hey, all right. DT's yes. bipolar computer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had to be a
3: Windows Update. I mean, you disable that motherfucker and it'll turn on. I mean, it just, it, it, I don't know what, I don't know if it like automatically crashes your computer so that everything resets. I don't know what the hell. It just, it yeah, you it's know, constantly um, coming back on again. Bad you know, DT,
2: I've, I'm convinced that there are, some people who are just technologically cursed. And maybe that's <laughs> you. Yes I mean, my, my ex-mother-in-law and my ex-wife are the same way. They touch the, the computer just complete. They have issues on their computers that I've never had and have no idea how it happened. And
3: sounds like you're the same thing. Man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you guys were talking about smartphones and stuff. I got a dumb phone. I've never had a smartphone. I just want a phone. And, you know, I text Clary, and uh, it, it's very short sentences. Right, Clary? They are, yes. Because it takes a very long time. One, 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 two, two.
0: Every text that DT's ever sent me, no, I don't want to have fun. No, I want (laughs) to mope and be at home. No, I don't want to get dinner. It's basically, uh, you know, it's like he's a hot 23-year-old girl, you know?
2: (laughs) In fairness, Aaron, his wife and kids are much better looking and more charming than you are.
3: They are. They're more fun than me too. Kingswood. (laughs) So, hey, hey, uh, seriously though, I mean, I there are very few people I would want to hang out with more than my kids. Sorry, I mean, it's just that's just the way that it is. Well, well, that's your, that's the
2: way it your should kids be. are. Pretty awesome, and I I yeah. like
3: hanging out with you, AC. You know, then that that should be you should be like, wow, he'd rather sometimes spend time with me than his own kids. Awesome. No, oh, I
0: was when we <laughs> went golfing that one time. I was shocked. I mean, I think you even called me like, hey, I what did. are you doing? I'm like, does his wife has a have a gun to his head? Does she really want him out of the house? What's going on here?
3: <laughs> now my family was gone for the day. So. Well, that's
0: right, they were gone.
3: <laughs> Then, like so every the other guy, example.
0: just like every other guy, when his girlfriend leaves him, hey guys, what are you doing? Where the fuck <laughs> have you
3: been the past two years? <laughs> hey, I show up. I show up. I show up.
2: Well, you didn't show up to the house paid off party. No, I no. flew from I California for that. I trip. hate Minneapolis. I hate
3: Minneapolis. I hate. You know how I think about you know spending money in these frickin' liberal hellholes. I hate it.
4: That's
0: that's why I headed in the WBL. So we, well, I did oh, have. You're right. I take it back. We did no, have, you were on the island. Yeah, we went to Nicollet Island, and you're right. We did do that for the thing. But then the festivities, we went on the boat in White Bear Lake, and we uh, we gallivanted about. Uh, but that's all, no. I understand. I understand. You're,
2: you're you're a
3: father. Hey, if you do the if you do the pumpkin thing again, um, I'm in. We like. We that. will.
0: Yeah. We will. Yeah, that pumpkin thing.
3: The pumpkin. Pumpkin patch. All right,
0: all right. All right. Hang on, DT. I need to know what was your story about quitting.
3: Oh, this is this is just the year of quitting. And you know, um you know, the 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 cliche is, you know, winners never quit and quitters never win, right? But then there's the other statement that basically says the only way to sometimes the only way to win is to not play the game. And mm-hmm. and this year I've uh I've quit the podcast. I uh I quit my hair. I cut my hair. You did. You did yeah, cut my hair. Uh so I'm I'm no longer uh, uh snake pliskin anymore. I'm his I don't know, stepbrother Dirk, maybe I don't know. Dirk um, the accountant. <laughs> yeah, and and uh I'm probably this this week's gonna be a busy week. I'm probably going to quit my job and I'm probably going to uh quit the local government board that I serve on. Wow, and so there's lots of quitting going on, and and it's um it's interesting. My uh, Mrs. DT said that. I've, I've been in a really good mood lately mm. and it's like, Oh, and quitting on Minnesota too. I might quit on Minnesota eventually. Um sick of living here. So, uh, it's just been the year of quitting. And I, I just feel like all these, all these things that I've felt are responsibilities or obligations are just kind of being taken away and almost naturally. And it's like, I have no choice almost. If I have any self-respect, I have to do it. So, um, I don't know right. what your thoughts are on it as far as, you know, the th- quitters never win and winners never quit. But I think I, I, I wish more people would quit, um, these days. And, well, and, DG, you know, like I'll real simple what. things, like not going to target, not, not going to Starbucks. I mean, quit on these fucking people.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, DT, you want to be really happy. Do what I do and quit Facebook. I just yeah, deleted yeah, my account a month ago. Right. Holy yeah. cow. never been, it's, so much happier without yeah. that crap. I quit
5: that
1: too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been on Facebook in five years. I
0: I envy you guys because I, I need it for my company. Like for if, if I had the choice, I wouldn't have Twitter or Facebook or anything. Uh, but unfortunately, I need it for, for my profession. But uh, yeah, what I ended up doing is I gave up running and instead have switched to hiking and golf. And uh, if you... There's nothing wrong with quitting. Absolutely nothing wrong, especially when it's defeatist. Um, like I remember, probably, probably the worst thing I ever did that cost me a lot was I kept trying at banking. When if I had just stopped after the first try, and and not oh this is bad luck, and then the second try oh this is bad luck too. I just I, these I've got two bad banks, and I realized that all the banks were bad. I would have been so far ahead, but. Yeah, this quit uh, winners never quit. No, no, no. Smart winners quit if the battle's not winnable, right, and you right. go redeploy your resources elsewhere.
3: Right. Exactly. And and in, in my case, it's um it's salary review time at the company that I work at. And when I started working there part time, I was I it was sort of for shits and giggles. It was something. Um, with my kids going back to school, it was like, I was sort of bored. And I'm like, well, you know, I'd like to actually have some adult conversation, put these engineering skills to use. And so I just kind of, ah, eh, you know, pay me this, and I'll be fine. And if I had known that that was going to be like the starting point, and everything would be based on that, even when I uh, got my license up and running again, and And, uh, you know, showed commitment and, you know, showed up at the office and all those kinds of things that they would still use that kind of shits and giggles starting point to to, you know, for my for my raise. I'm finding I'm looking for other work and I'm finding that I am being paid what people fresh out of college who are not professional engineers, no experience at all, are getting paid. And it's like I'm you're. You, seriously, you're not going to adjust me now, you know, now that I'm all reestablished and, and well, uh, you're not going to treat me, you're not going to give me the market, right? I'll see you later. You know, uh, that's why I, that's what I think is going to happen. So are, are
0: they saying, or do you predict it saying like, well, this is the rule and we have to follow the rule yes, that we, they, should... they,
3: they send out this table and it says 0% raise needs improvement. Two uh, to 4% raise uh, you're meeting expectations, or maybe it was even zero to two. And then 2 to 6% raise, you are exceeding expectations, and, and, and 6%, I guess, is maximum. And, and it would take me, I, I figured it out, it would take me at least, if they gave me a 10% raise, it would take six years for me to get where I should be. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, I have no future here. If you're going to treat me like this, you're sort of forcing my hand, I have to quit. You know, so, listen, I, my my time's I'd rather the spend the summer with my kids. You know, what's the inflation rate
6: right now? Uh, 1.8 to two
0: percent, one point five to two
3: percent. Nothing, nothing okay, fancy. Okay, so, if
6: you're exceeding expectations, then you <laughs> get to keep up with inflation.
3: Exactly, exactly. Well, and this and is consulting what- work, and and basically, consultants once they've got you, they've got you, and they don't you. you any advice I would give to people, it's like it's like uh, Aaron was just talking about. You've got to move around. You've got to you've got to if it's not working out one spot, and even if it is working out, always look for another opportunity elsewhere because that's the only way you're going to get ahead is if you have zero loyalty to the company that you're working for.
0: Yeah, you you got to be a whore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys, you guys all saw Office Space. Okay, let me ask: Who has not seen Office Space? Okay, good. You can all continue to be my friends. Very good. Well,
2: frankly, if you haven't seen Office Space, you need to leave the country.
0: But Office Space, I mean, even though it's a movie, I mean, it teaches you. You just got to treat your employers like shit because that's the only thing they respond to. It's kind of akin to women. You don't kiss their ass. You don't bow down. Well, what can I do? What can I do? No. Fuck you. Pay me. And I think that's that's why I find it kind of funny. I said, what, are they going to cite some kind of rule? And you say, yeah. I bet you you could blast through that rule and say no, dude. You got to do this. At least do this. What is the hourly rate? You don't have to tell us, maybe. But is there an hourly rate that would make it worth your while to like kind of forego having the summer with your kids?
3: Like you know, hundred yeah, dollars enough. Yeah, I figured it out. I figured out um, what daycare basically costs because I'm working part time, so that I you know get the kids on the bus in the morning, go to work come back, get the kids off the bus. It's like they, it's like they didn't even know I was gone. Right. right. And and so that's worked out really well. But if I'm going to up my hours or, or, or work during the summer, basically I need about, uh what was it? About uh, eight to 10 bucks an hour extra to make it worth, worthwhile from a daycare standpoint. Uh-huh. And that was the math that I did when I uh, quit working in Became a stay-at-home dad in the first place after the birth of my uh, my first my first child uh, is that you do the math and it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all to you know <laughs> to slave away to have somebody else raise your kids. So um, there there is and and coincidentally that is what I should be getting paid. Um and and, and maybe that's why the dollar amount felt right for me when I first requested that amount of money is that, you know, oh yeah, if I don't have to pay for daycare and this is just what I'm making, it feels right. But, uh, when you take that into account, yeah, it's like eight to 10 bucks an hour extra.
0: I think you should ask for 12 to $15 an hour. I mean, really, if, if you're willing to go for a broke, like, no, you're going to bring me up just, just to make them realize
3: that they're not God. Well, I've already asked for it. The thing well, is so that, that say, the whole salary review process, even... you put out what you think, well, this is what I expect. And then, so in my case, you know, the ground has been laid by my manager that, well, you can't ask for that much all all at once and blah, 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 blah. And so I think it's just going to be as uh, strategically. I think the best way I can handle it is, oh, that's my race. Okay. Here's my two weeks. Uh, we can yeah. talk again at the end of summer if you're still interested, right. or I might find a better gig. See you later. So yeah, I, mean, if I, if I figured you world. might like that, you know, the whole quitting thing with the bosses and. You know, I, this place I work, I, I just I, people just show up, uh, plug into the computer, put their headphones on, work for eight hours and leave. And there are there are times where I'm there and I there's zero interaction. It's just I don't get it. I don't get why people uh, uh, subject themselves to that shit. I, it's because they got debts, because they got a mortgage, because they're buying shit they don't need with money they don't have and. I have never done that. Like I said, I got a dumb phone, all my appliances I've fixed. I try to, I don't get rid of them. I try to fix them. There are ways to, to make this thing work for you. And, and Aaron knows this, of course. I mean, he's sort of the, the king of minimalism, but even people with kids, you can do it. We, we lived on one salary. My wife makes good money, but I mean, not back then, it wasn't astronomically good. And, and we still made it work. And there were, there were two parent households that were making more than her, and they weren't making it work. So oh, don't, even in, get it, don't even priorities. get me started.
0: I, back in the day, because in banking you get everybody's income statement. I'm sorry, not income statement, tax return. Right. But it, effectively their income statement. And I saw a couple of those bringing in over $300,000 a year. They only had two kids. And they still couldn't make it go because right. they had to have this luxury thing and that luxury thing. Every kid had to be in every sport and activity. We all have to go to Disneyland. We all have to fly first class. Um, yeah, no, it's it's totally right. But, see, that's the other thing with minimalism is you can make more money. That's why I said you should ask for what you want and walk because you don't need it. You absolutely right, exactly. don't
5: need it. Yeah. Yep. So I'm you know, not- I have a friend of mine. Sorry to interrupt, but I have a friend of mine that's a doctor, and he makes – he never told me exactly what he makes, but it's in the area of 300 grand. Um, he has three kids and a wife and this guy's struggling. I mean, he has to work extra shifts in the ER just to keep up. Cause like, he, like you said, his kids are like in soccer and they go to private school and his wife wanted the, I mean, the house they had was perfectly fine, but it, it was, yeah. uh, it, it, it was like kind of like, tra- you know, track housing kind of those developments. Like, you know, they just built like they have three models and they just build them over and over again. And she wanted a you know, a special house. So he upgraded to that. And, and he's got like all the sports packages for, um, you know, satellite TV. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just crazy the way this guy spends money. And it's not that he's like into, he's not, the, he's not a kind of guy who's like trying to look cool or anything. It's just, he just got caught up in that. He never actually learned how to be minimalist at all. And I think, Aaron, you and I should collaborate in a book, an updated version of Bachelor of econo- Economics, like Minimalism for the Modern Age. Yeah, uh,
0: like that. that'd take work and effort. And then I couldn't <laughs> golf as much. I couldn't fight <laughs> scorpions. <laughs> I couldn't ride down to Chicago to Pester on the crappy highways en route. And I'll say hi to Dr. Perodin over in Portage. I, yeah, I know.
3: I, I That's <laughs> a good point, though, John, in that it. It it doesn't have to be luxury items. I mean, it can be real simple stuff, and it all adds up. And um, so, I, I I would say that that's that that's that's a good example for people because I think most people go, well, I'm not going on vacations you know, to Florida every year, and you know, they'll they'll like justify their own spending well, he when they're having do. trouble. Yeah.
5: He does yeah. to do the vacation thing, and, you know, if you're, tra- you know, you're flying on a plane and you got three kids, this is awfully expensive. That's a big expense,
1: yeah. Right. Um,
0: well, uh, DT, let me ask you, and I guess I could now I think about it, uh, Michael, you, you're you retired and you could stay at home with your kids. Doc, don't you work from home primarily? I know you, you ship out and go do things, but do you work from home mainly? Yeah,
1: primarily, and actually we were having a talk, um, you know, my wife and I, of, of how long but... Be- before we kind of go into full retirement because uh, really I, I can pick and choose a lot of what I do with the expert witness work and <clears throat> that's where I can kind of tell I, I can put it out there really and just say here's what it's going to cost and they'll either say yes or no and, and I've gotten really bold on that lately like I was kind of more playing the mark and I'll just be like, no, this is, a, this is the non-refundable retainer either you take it or you don't and um, so, so yeah, I've gotten that control And we saved, and and Aaron, kind of like you mentioned um, in an earlier, older brother, that, uh, you know, when I was, and and probably most of us, like when I was young, I'm talking like 10, 12, 14 years old, I mean, I was taking out bank CDs, working at the concrete factory, hustling mowing lawns, uh, you know, working at the pool part-time and like just doing everything. And um, I didn't, you know, have anything fancy. And uh my grandfather sold me like his car and he kind of like sold it to me and then I had all these goddamn repairs to do to it. Like grandpa's like, "Hey, it's a great car." <laughs> and then I'm like, what? hey grandpa, why doesn't why doesn't shut off anymore?" It'll build now.
0: It's yours. <laughs> now. This was- that's like the, the classic. I was working at the concrete factory, and then we went and see the Badgers play. And then oh, my no, grandfather me shit.
1: a no, car for no. a nickel. I went to see the Badgers. I mean, honestly, when I was a kid, I think we went to one Brewer's game. And, you know, and that was out in the outfield, mm-hmm. um, you know, county stadium. So your seats were like four bucks. And then um, and we could drive there and back in the same day. But we didn't do family vacations. The The family vacation guys we took. My brother and I, my dad took the pickup truck with the topper, the Chevy, whatever the hell it was, and, my, and put a, like a bunk bed he made. And we we drove in the bunk bed without any seatbelts. You know, this yep. is back in the late 70s, all the way out to the Grand Canyon and shit and stayed in the truck. I mean, that was the vacation that we had. And uh, But actually, you know, I, I really love that I was raised that way in, in the value of money. And, and looking around for interest rates and that my parents taught me and I could go. And I think I was telling you guys, like I was maybe like 14 and I took out a CD on my own with a bank that was like a hundred miles away. I wrote them a letter. I saw they hadn't added in the local paper. And I'm like, I want to take out a CD. And I had to send like a photocopy of my social security card. And back then that was kind of safe. Like I went to the only photocopier in town was at the local bank. So I brought my social security card, copied it, sent the check at a checking account and, and took the cd out but i mean it was like right now yeah fifty dollars in my wallet will live a long life because i don't need clothes i don't need you know anything i'm, I'm my cars are both like 11 years old and i'm out working on them myself and as you just kind of said aaron like as long as i can do the spark plugs and the other shit like i'm great until yeah things kind of get so modernized, it
0: right, blows up or you blow a head gasket or something that or, yeah
1: but, but, you know, I'm saving, you know, we're saving the money and my daughters are really content. Uh, they, they're, you know, with, with the way that they've been, been raised and they're not asking for anything. And, you know, like, and if you do a trip at Dairy Queen or something, if we're out at a, you know, at a park or something like that on the way back, that's really a cool thing for them. So, yeah, it's just, I honestly don't, I don't like to spend money. I wouldn't say like I'm anti money and, and. I mean, just a DT, when you were talking about quitting, you know, my dad, when when he was in his forties, my dad was on the city board, county board, and like all of these other, like he was a school principal for 37 years, all these other boards in like one year, he just like quit everything because like Mm -hmm. his dad had died. Um, and, and he was actually going down to help his dad toward the, toward the end. Um, his dad died and it was kind of this epiphany of like, I don't need to just keep, I don't need to do this. Like I want to spend time with my family and stuff. And, and I remember him telling me at that time, and I was young, you'll get to this point in life too, where a lot of this stuff just won't matter and just like jettison, get rid of it. And I don't know, you know, i like, I'd, yeah, my lawnmower I've had for 15 years, my weed whacker 15 years. I mean, all of these things, I just service them and, and, and do whatever. Why? But you're right. These people, I, I mean, it's just insane. You know, like my lawn, my neighbor's like, hey, I got the, you got the latest like leaf blower. I'm like, latest leaf blower? Oh, <laughs> <don't this laughs> last, like 50 years? I is mean, there
0: that much know? advancement in technology? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, is it a GPS or what is it? I mean,
3: how about everybody buying a riding lawnmower? I mean, it's like ever since that, what the Dolph Lundgren commercial came out where it's, it's not how fast you mow, it's how well you mow fast or whatever. And like, everybody's got a riding lawnmower now. I mean, what happened to the push mower? I mean, yeah. that's, that's how I mow my, my yard. I got a yeah. big yard and I, got know, I, I don't yard. get it.
1: Yeah. And, and people that have small yards and get right, out exactly. there. I'm like, is, it is just uh, and then they basically take up half, you know, they take up a stall in their garage with this thing. Or they mm-hmm. have
3: to build a shed for it or, you know, spend money on a shed to, to house it. Yeah.
5: Well, I, I just don't. I mean, my main thing about, you know, the reason I never bought a, um, you know, a riding lawnmower, besides the fact that I have a condo, uh, is, <laughs> is right. the fact you know, that I, I, I want Jesus to be, you know, working his ass off when he's out there mowing my lawn. You know? Hey Zeus, I, had to bring some, I had to bring some levity into this because we were hey too far into
3: Father of Apollo, Mount Olympus.
0: Wow. <laughs> so now, it dawned on me. All right, so certainly we don't have to sell minimalism to you guys or, or the listening audience.
4: Uh,
2: uh, but it you dawned you on to me. My ex-wife, please, because uh, holy cow, yeah, I might be retired Navy, but it's impossible to live in where I'm in San Diego, where I'm trapped on <laughs> the retired lieutenant commander pension. So. <laughs> well, but, oh, but
0: this is the question I was going to ask. All the, all the parents here, you guys are all stay-at-home dads, effectively. And nope. with summer coming up, isn't it more important? Like, what would you rather have, spending summer with your kids? Like, Doc, you're going to go out to South Dakota. DT, you got Bert and Ernie is what I call them. That's not the real names. DT didn't actually name his daughters Bert and Ernie, though it would have been funny <laughs> as hell. Uh, but they're fun, and you, they, they love to hang out with you and watch those weird, oh, yeah. dark horror movies, which freaks yeah. me out. And then, uh, and Michael, you got you got your kids now that you're retired and everything. Uh, isn't that preferable than shipping them off to daycare work? I mean, it's got to be somewhat fun, I'd imagine.
2: Well, it, it, in point of fact, Aaron, I'm only retired from the Navy. I do have my my kick-ass, slimy, highly lucrative government contracting job, but my boss is in Norfolk, and I have all kinds of flexibility. So that's right, my, so you can,
0: you can work uh, from home. I mean, you get to see them, and you're but, not shipped off to daycare.
2: No, yeah. When it, when I the weeks I have them, yeah, I'm fully flexible. Yeah, um, yeah, and and obviously that's the ideal. No, no, no denying that. Yeah, the, the, it, hel- it helps to pick a place to live that doesn't require six figures, like most of California. Right. Yeah.
5: Yeah, well, I yeah. mean that's that's what hap- What's turned. In, I mean, thing about like I live in Seattle right now, and and it is just gone insane with the price. The price of everything here is just astronomical. You know, you were talking about cell phones uh, in the beginning, and I remember I just read an article that Seattle pays more different taxes and fees on our cell phone bill than any city in the freaking country. I mean, if you ever looked at your the cell phone bill, you know, there's 50 different fees. Like FCC charge this, and 911 service that, and whatever. And then there's all these different uh, state, county, city taxes on top of it. And you know, half the goddamn bill is just them taxing the shit out of you.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's why I'm heading off to South Dakota. I'm like, I'm going to convince Doctor Perot that he's going to go there. He's going to get addicted. DT is inevitably going to have fun in his life. He's going to go out there. But you I've been looking, there. Yeah, but didn't go last year.
3: Yes, uh, and yeah. well, we're thinking of moving there. So I mean, that's yeah. one of our uh, potential uh, uh, escape routes. Awesome. So. We, so can Aaron, live, Aaron, we can live. Hold it,
4: hold it.
0: We we can live nearby, and you still won't have to visit me. We'll live nearby <laughs> right. in a completely separate state, and you still won't visit. That'd be awesome.
2: <laughs> so Aaron, you've you've got your your place in Vegas, and you were going to move there, right? And but I mean, you've been talking about what Rapid City in South Dakota. What what is it about South Dakota over? A place like uh, Nevada that doesn't have income tax. The, um, or Tennessee that doesn't have income tax. Or th- Texas th- that doesn't have income tax. The Washington thing- State doesn't have income tax.
3: South yeah, Dakota, Georgia, does
0: so, the main South Dakota thing doesn't have income the, tax. The main thing is the hiking and the Badlands. I love the Badlands. And the reason why is I'm a flatlander. Um, and whereas, say, Denver or Seattle or uh, Leavenworth in the Cascades – Uh, Montana, you know, there's a lot of places. Wyoming have much larger mountains. If I go much above 10,000 feet, I start getting altitude sickness. Now, the Black Hills, the highest peak is 7,200, and I can bang out those hills no problem. I still get two to 3,000-foot elevation gain. There's no state income taxes. I can go shooting in a bunch of different areas. I know this sounds really nerdy, but there's these things called Fairburn agates that are semi-precious and kind of rare. And if you find them, they're out there and you can collect them. There's fossil hunting. There's Badlands National Park that's just outside. Um, And let's not forget the the missile silo park that that the dog has to go to. I mean, holy crap. That is awesome. That
3: That is a cool place. I want to go there. I want to check that. I mean, South
2: Dakota doesn't have state income tax. I thought it doesn't. South Dakota has
3: no state income tax, no. no, They got high property taxes to make up for it, but.
2: Geez, you know, I I I looked at the list of income tax free states to pick where I wanted to live until the until I got trapped here, and I guess I never noticed South Dakota on it. I can't imagine why. Most it's it's way the heck, and
0: it's almost like uh, mathematically the furthest away on any part on the North American continent. Like you really have to drive there. There's no major airport nearby. The best you can do is maybe Denver, and you're still a five hour drive from it. Um, but it's, it's just nice. I don't know. It's, it's, it's got wonderful summers, not too hot, not too many bugs. Uh, the winters, I'd just be down in Vegas like I do anyway now. Um, and it's, it's also not that populated. It's like, I I think it'll hold out like the Californians are not going to move to that like locust by the time I'm dead. I think South Dakota and Utah and Montana and North Dakota and Idaho will be relatively untouched. But if you want to move to South Dakota, you really have to want to move to South Dakota, and so I just kind of like it. And oh, and the motorcycling out there is great as well. So um, yeah, it is far removed. It's not as popular, say the Grand Canyon or Rocky Mountain National Park, but that's fine by me. I, I don't need tour. Although there is a tourist season, I don't need a, a big tourist season every year.
3: Yeah, I, I like I like it there. I mean, it, the eastern part of the state is pretty flat and pretty boring. The drive from Minnesota to the Black Hills is is pretty boring until you hit Badlands. Basically, you, the Missouri River is kind of cool, and then there isn't much until the Badlands and uh, the Black Hills. But um, I would say that I mean one of the reasons why we want to move out there too is that you are closer to Yellowstone and all those all those cool parks. So it's I mean at least closer than Minnesota, right? So that that's a that's a reason too for us is that we are closer to. The West, basically. Yeah. It's it's
0: still an eight to ten hour drive. <laughs> yeah, it's a long
3: drive, but but it's but it's longer from Minneapolis. So
0: Yeah, there's there's I don't remember you guys know Marcus Brown? Uh, little Marcus Brown. I I don't on know, I I don't know him,
3: but I know of him. Yeah, he's of, yeah, a big dude. Yeah,
0: yeah, from, yeah he, he did the cover for one of my
6: books.
3: <laughs> he did it? Okay, cool. Yeah, he
0: was on the cover of one of my books. So here's Marcus and God bless him, little short black dude from Chicago. He drives all the way out to meet me and the GF in South Dakota, and then uh, we end up going home. And then he's like, well, I'll, I'll keep going to Wyoming. He went all the way almost to Tensley, uh, Wyoming, uh, through the Bighorn Mountains just so he could actually see real mountains. And then he, he basically tur- got there, turned around, and drove all the way back. But, gosh, that's a – oh, that's a better part than 14 hours straight, 15, 16, if you're going to actually want to fill up in gas and rest of it.
5: I didn't think, the, I didn't think black people liked the mountains.
0: They don't trust you. And me. There's not a lot of black people when I go out hiking in the on the mountains and the national parks. There's there's some, but it you will see more more East Indian tourists from the the subcontinent of India than you will American blacks in national parks.
6: Aaron, do you do you not remember recommending Marcus for the photo for the front cover of my book?
0: I don't remember a lot of things. I'm getting old.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are you, my mom? Like, don't you remember? <laughs> Girlfriend does the same thing. You remember we had dinner? This like, <clears throat> like, just fuck off. Let me be. I don't want to remember everything. i <laughs> I'm why starting it-
6: to forget so much shit, it just disturbs me. It's like this thing in the back of your brain as you get older that just takes shit that you need and just goes, eh, I don't need that, and just throws it out in the back of the garbage. Well, exactly my point.
0: Was there something important that I should have remembered about setting you up with Marcus?
6: Oh no, I, I, I was just I was just laughing because you, you 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 recommended him so strongly to me, and you were so into it at the time.
0: Yeah, but, and no, I, I'm still pro him. I'm not against him. <laughs> hey, remember that one time we had dinner at that restaurant and
6: you slurped your noodles?
3: <laughs> Those were good times. Those
6: are good times. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I think I more like dumped them in my lap, as I recall it, but.
0: Oh, maybe so. Um,
6: all right, I
0: guess there is some topics I wouldn't mind getting to because I don't know if you noticed, but the the world has communally shit the bed more than it normally did this week. Um,
3: I, haven't I noticed. I think I, I know what you want to I'm talk. Too about. overcome oh, with okay. happiness. All right, all right. Let's that.
0: let's see if old DT knows what I'm going to talk. Go ahead, shoot.
3: Miss America.
0: Nope, that's on the list, but that's not the number one thing. That's I not want
3: number to one. Wow, oh, it's on no. the list. Yeah, like the, list. Family <laughs> it's the family feud. The family feud.
6: Is, is it the story about being shot through the garage door that I have a conspiracy theory about?
0: No, no, that's not it either. All right, don't
5: keep us in suspense. <laughs> <What is> it? <laughs> I,
0: I Well, I know you guys are very excited about it, because I am, but uh, do you guys uh, know that this week it was the 20th anniversary of Sex in the City?
5: <laughs> no, that's, that's, somehow that skipped my mind. I don't know why, but. Uh,
0: Yeah. So it's the 20th anniversary. And the only reason I know it is, is because I got like three people sent me the same article. And uh, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. But it's this article about a gal. What's her name? Uh, Julia Allison. And apparently this girl was so heavily influenced in high school when Sex the City came out that she basically wanted to become these girls. Specifically, the main character that Sarah yes. just I, I,
5: I know this article.
0: Okay, so I'm not going to go the route you think I am, but just let me read this article a little bit, and then I have a question for all of our panelists here because I am lost and I don't have the answer. Uh, from the New York Post, dating columnist reveals how Sex in the City ruined her life. Uh, sex in the City premiered on HBO 20 years ago this week, imprinting on a generation of women women a love of fantastic fashion and dreams of their own Mr. Big. Among them was Julia Allison, who moved to New York in early 2000 to live the Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle. Carrie Bradshaw is the main character, in case you didn't know, because I didn't. Oh, yeah. I was just like, which one of the... F- is it the redhead whore, the old whore, the lesbian whore, or the big-ass schnoz whore that's married to Matthew Broderick? That's she's right. the big-ass schnoz. With yes, the fake- yes, she's the schnoz whore.
1: Actually, what she's probably
0: a very nice person in real life. I kinda
2: re- My favorite memory of her is... uh L.A. Story. Yes. Your boobs feel weird yeah. because they're real.
5: <laughs> yeah, but actually they're not. Well, back then they were. Oh, were they? Okay. they were anyway. really young I in that movie. Sure. Steve uh, Martin. Martin.
0: Yeah. Uh, she became a dating columnist, a party fixture, and one of the most first internet celebrities, thanks to Gawker, the site that loved to hate on her. But her pursuits sent her ultimately down a path of unhappiness and unfulfillment. Looking back on how the show's ideals negatively impacted her life. Allison, now 37, tells Dory Lawak. Hang on. We got a mute can again. There we go. No more African bongo drums banging in the background. Um, if I could go back and do it all over again, I wouldn't. All right. So here's, here's what Allison is writing. Ten years ago on May 27, 2008, she has the date down. I was on top of the world. I was riding in an en route to the Sex and City movie premiere in Midtown with Bravo with a Bravo camera crew in tow. With the SUV door open, I stepped onto the pink carpet in my Allison Paris dress and Chanel bag. I felt like a star. I felt beautiful. I felt proud. I was rubbing shoulders with celebrities and the goddess herself, Carrie Bradshaw, a.k.a. Sarah the schnoz Jessica Parker. Uh, Since moving to New York City four years earlier, I established myself with my own dating column and graced the cover of Wired magazine. I was a public figure who was regularly photographed alongside such famous faces as Henry Kissinger and Richard Branson. I went to all the glam parties, was fodder for gossip sites. I'd signed a deal with Bravo for a reality TV show and dated more than my fair share of Mr. Biggs. I had been profiled in the New York Times and New York Magazine called me the most famous young journalist in the city. I grew up a nerd in Chicago, likely, more likely to duck into the library than talk to kids at recess at 12. I thought I would never be kissed. Boy, did I make up for that later. I was a rising high school senior when Sex in the City debuted in 1998. Okay, so she was a senior when it came out in high school, and I was instantly enthralled. I wanted to be like Carrie and her friends. I wanted to be glamorous and beautiful and dress well and have lots of dates. I didn't realize I didn't have to be a geek anymore. I could reinvent myself. Um, I'm skipping down here. I even started at this. She now has moved to New York. I even started a date. Oh, college. I even started a dating column for my college paper called sex on the hilltop. Cause you see, there was a hilltop at the college. That's why it's fucking funny. Jesus Christ. Oh God, it gets worse. And you, you might want to drink something that doesn't make you throw up or whatever that got the that's called, uh, which was modeled after Carrie's column in the fictional New York star. When the last episode of Sex in the City aired in February 2004, I hosted a viewing party for 200 guests. It was my swung song as well. Eight months later, I would move to New York, where armed with my Sex in the City DVDs, my transformation really began. Okay, so she moved to New York, throws a party with 200 guests on the last thing, moves to New York. Based on what I knew from Sex in the City, I expected the city to sweep me off my feet. I envisioned nonstop brunching and shopping. Uh, fuck the finances, I guess. Uh, it had such an outsized influence on me that even with a very expensive degree in government, of course, I said to myself, I'm obviously going to be a columnist. Of course. Why do STEM or work harder close the wage gap? It seems so reasonable and attainable. I emailed the editor of a New York daily free newspaper no more than 60 times in six months, begging for a column, even offering to do it for free so things haven't changed. And uh, When that paper finally <laughs> hired me, I made 50 per week. I later moved out of New York. No, I'm sorry. I later moved to Time Out, New York, where I made $750 a week, a huge improvement but not enough to buy Lowe's and barely enough to afford $2,500 rent for my 400-foot square apartment in Hell's Kitchen. Get ready, and here it comes. I lived on food bought for me on dates and the occasional bodega tuna sandwich. For For clothes, it was wrapped dresses from Diane Von those are
6: expensive
0: well let me tell you how she affords it listen to this combined with loans from designers who took pity on me like Mm. betsy johnson who might interview at fashion week different men i dated gave me ysl shoes and status purses just like big did for carrie on sat uh oh sex in the city I also subscribed to Carrie's ethos when it came to men. There was no such thing as a bad date, only a good date with a good brunch story. In my writing, I gave my boyfriend's nicknames. One was Crom King, just like Carrie and her friends did. (sighs) Uh, What else? In 2008, my two best girlfriends and I had just filmed a Bravo pilot for a show called It Girls. It wasn't picked up. We were all invited by a 40-something billionaire to his Miami mansion. He even sent his private jet for us. It was just him, the three of us, and his butler and chef. I don't think this man was used to being told no, and he started chasing me around his mansion. I finally
2: had to lock myself <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
1: What a surprise! surprise. Not, How did I know that happen? happen. I
6: that's,
2: that's, that's, that's Mr. Mr. Big. Big. She's supposed to hook up with him. but She's <laughs> supposedly hard to get. She can
0: oh, make some
3: money in that now.
0: How do you think she got all this? She sucked dick to get all these crap.
3: No, so I mean, this crap. Now, now she could sue, right? Me too. That's got she me too written could. all over it. Well, yeah, pound me t- t- yeah, pound me too. Come on. But if you're a
6: geeky girl in high school, why is the first thing you want to reinvent yourself as a whore? <laughs>
2: because they want girls. You know what they want, guys? All right, yeah, we, got, they we got a little attention. bit more
0: to go here. A little bit more to go. Hang on. I promise we'll be done soon.
3: Bring sure. the pain. Bring it. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: The worst part is, uh, this is after she rebuked his advances. The worst part, he sent us back on JetBlue. <laughs> well, yeah, she
2: didn't
0: fuck him. It you don't suck, you've got to pay the buck. All right. Uh, between 2004 and 2011, I filmed nine TV pilots, many of which were reality shows and all of which were a derivation of some kind of sex and the city role. For me, I was always the carry. In one pilot, I hosted for Animal Planet. The premise was that your dog would choose whom you'd go out with. Uh There was humbling moments, blah, blah, blah. She needs a break. In 2010, she moves to California, bounced between the coast. Then in 2011, one of my pilots was finally picked up by Bravo. The whole concept of misadvised, that's the title of the show, was a real-life Carrie Bradshaw. So this is seven years after the show has ended, and this girl is, if I do the math right, about to turn 30. It was about three single women in three different cities, and I was the dating columnist for Elle in Los Angeles. It was Sex in the City meets journalism. Producers sent me to a mind architect, a love coach, and a witch in the pursuit of love. A witch? A witch. She considers this journalism?
2: Uh, of course, Most
0: this not. is work avoidance. This is this is just a a, a study of work avoidance. Oh
6: my God! A hard hitting expose on a witch and a tarot reader. Uh,
0: so uh continuing on but it came too late in my heart I was finished trying to be Carrie when the show wasn't renewed for a second season I was relieved the experience made me really look at myself I was trying so hard to be <laughs> like that it was coming across as inauthentic and bitchy also oh, I it was miserable to have cameras around all the time yeah with all that free food and free flight that's a real suck Uh finally I cut my ties to New York and moved to San Francisco full time in 2013
2: oh, yeah, I tried so much
0: yeah, I, I like what, What's what's the difference? I tried being a tech columnist, a writing personal growth, and writing My a personal. do
2: you know about tech?
0: I, there's so much wrong with this. We would be here for hours if we criticized every piece of hypocrisy this bitch did in in her life. But we're going to get to a point that has nothing to do with any of this. I am merely providing context of this crazy person uh, and writing a personal growth book called Experiments and Happiness she was miserable, so she was going to write a book about being happy. <laughs> finally, I decided to go private for a while. I stopped blogging and writing. I rarely post on Instagram. These days, I work as a change activist, mounting oh. summits for world leaders and serving as an advisor to startups and entrepreneurs looking to better the planet. So she's unemployed. Oh. I'm <laughs> finally living it. No, I'm being deadly serious. I when know. Day, I hey, know. Wait, I, wait,
1: know wait. I know. I know.
0: That just this is. This is not – they're not making money. They're just not. I'm finally having a life of integrity. And I'm attuned to my values. I never heard about values on Sex in the City. <clears throat> here, here you go. Here we go. Get ready, Ann. I dated a woman for a while, a beautiful entrepreneur who was also jilted by New York. That's definitely not something you <laughs> talk to do, but dating is not front and center of my life anymore, although it was all I talked about in my 20s. That's pretty one-dimensional. Last year, I ended a two-year relationship with a man who ultimately couldn't commit and wanted to be polyamorous. Again, sex in the city, lessons, blah, blah, blah. Crush and needed to regroup. I took a sabbatical and lived in Bali for eight months on a healing journey.
2: I was <laughs> to celibate during my entire time uh, there. Really good. The pray love thing now, huh? deep
0: pray slut. It, this is everything. It's got everything. I do wonder what my life would have looked like. If Sex and the City had never come across my consciousness, perhaps mm-hmm. I'd be married with children now. Who knows? But I can say for sure that, as clever and aesthetically pleasing as the show was, and as much as I agree with its value of female friendships, it showed too much consumerism and fear of intimacy disguised as empowerment. It's like
6: candy. And
2: yeah, the, the TV shows—it's the TV shows' fault. <laughs> yes,
6: it, it took you twenty years of being a moron to figure out that that show was shallow. We are not, and
0: and they can't all be like you. They can't all be like you. They they can't be all brilliant, beautiful, and highly intelligent, independent, thinking-minded women. But uh, it's like candy. In the moment, it feels good to eat, but afterwards, you feel sick. Whom are you dating? Who are What you're wearing? How good you look at the premiere? None of that matters unless you genuinely love yourself. Solid relationships are what really matters. Truth be told, I wish I had never heard of sex in the city. I'm sure there are worse role models, but for me, it did permanent and measurable damage to my psyche that I'm still cleaning up. Sure, I could have been dating columnists for the rest of my life, but honestly, I gave really bad dating advice, and so did Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) So now, i got to talk about this. Her profession. She's hit the wall,
2: and she's realized she was full of shit the whole time.
0: Well, Well, at least she admits it. Oprah's never going to admit it. You know, Oprah's not gonna say ah, it was all bullshit, but but here she finally admitted it. Like her whole, but the the concept of you are a professional. It's like a surgeon can't get away with that. Ah, you know what? I was faking it the entire time. You know how we replaced your <laughs> liver? I replaced it with with the spleen. I didn't know the difference. It looked like it fit. Not. No wonder you got jaundice. Yeah, uh, kind of fucked up there. Oh, hang on.
6: Some of the
0: most fucked up people do give dating advice. Um, Damn. Where did I go? I want to be a different role model from the one I got. Two months ago, I started seeing someone I never would have dated 10 years earlier. Back then, I wasn't looking to get married or seek a lifelong partner, and that was a mistake. This man is a very reasonable choice, and I'm at my place in my life where reasonable is very sexy. Mm -hmm. I've put away the pink party dress the designer shoes and bags are in storage. Now I feel like genuine me. I no longer I'm no longer a Carrie Bradshaw
5: knockoff. Yeah, okay. translation is this is the only guy who could get to fuck me anymore now that I've hit the wall.
6: Yeah, I wonder what's wrong with him that he's putting up with her. Uh he's a liberal and
0: sort of gonna go off on a limb there.
6: <laughs> okay, now.
0: Plenty to tear up on this article. Um, but I think not only is the internet probably have already done a good job of it, this type of it, it's a she's almost a character, a stereotype at this point.
6: Yeah, is this us? Is this
0: There we go. Oh Damn it's so it. much nicer. All
6: right. Isn't it funny <laughs> we
0: have to chase. shut the woman up on the podcast? <laughs> right, well, we get out, we're gonna shut her up at sometimes. And when the fire trucks go away, let me know.
2: Yeah, because you know, <laughs> we're actually, week, actually don't heard it. to talk about this one.
0: All right. Now, so I'm reading through this. It's almost stereotypical. But then I get the sneaky suspicion in the back of my head, like, okay, it's in the New York Post. It was taken up by the Daily Mail. And I know these are tabloids. And I know that they do this for yellow journalism and clickbait and all that. But there is so much detail and so many things being said in here. Like, for example, oh, let me pull it up. Um she is really obsessed like her entire life she started doing pilots based off of uh sex in the city. Uh
2: she well, and, and is, good honor at least one of them got picked up but you know, if you, if you get a pilot picked up you actually right. yeah you, you actually make some decent money for that. Right
0: but she was really obsessed and then she moved to New York and I'm starting to get the sneaky suspicious feeling that this isn't BS. Like, this girl actually believed it.
3: Did you look her up and see if she actually had that show as a producer and stuff?
0: No, I believe she did. I have no reason not to believe it. But whereas traditionally, you could say this is just her doing something uh, zany and crazy for attention whoring to boost her social media, to boost her numbers, to to get more money. At the same time, I'm wondering, she actually believes this. She actually thinks like... That she could have at the age of 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, all the way up to her late 30s, that this was a viable option, that this was sane, that this was going to have no costs or consequences.
3: And that so letters seem genuine. I, I agree with you.
0: Right. And then there's some stuff where obviously it's attention whoring, you know, the billionaire with the private jet. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, I dated a woman for a while. Look at how zady I am. So there's certainly some. <laughs> attention whoring here but what i'm more concerned about is how prevalent is this not necessarily among women but we're going to use this as an example but how prevalent is this level of insanity because basically what i want to know is what percentage of the population is sane Mm -hmm. and the more i go out there and the more i look at people today the more I'm. and you see news you see crazy stuff on the internet How much of that is because the population and society is losing their mental facilities or is it just that the internet is a much finer mesh, you know, like these people have always been there. We're just dredging up these ugly monsters from the bottom of the sea. that have always been there, but we've never seen it.
5: Right.
3: I think think that,
5: that, I, I mean, I always operate on the premise that all women are crazy. It's just a matter of degree, you know, so it's not a binary state, um, you know they are, that you know they are, or they are not. It's just a matter of degrees. Um, so all women are crazy. You just got to, you know, try to find one that's just the least nuts. Um, as far as men go, I don't know. I mean, I think for men, it's more like, yeah, he's got his shit together or he doesn't.
0: Right now, add to this. This is where I get. To I, I had it up. Give me a second here. Oh wait, no, I posted it. So I remember. Many years ago, when Sex in the City was out, and I remember my female friends would all line they they'd have a little Sex in the City's parties, and they'd oh my god, gossip it! I was like, you know what? It's darn it, hang on, wrong thing. Sorry, guys. There we go, got the right one up. Give me a sec. All right, so I remember when it was in its heyday. uh you know, peak of popularity, girls are going over watching, they get their get their Chardonnay they watch it. Remember an article coming out where they were talking about women that actually moved to New York City. Now this is like 20 years ago uh, or, or late, you know, 18, 19 years ago. Not today, not social justice warrior, crazy girls, fresh out of high school and delusional and brainwashed. These are girls from our generation that were going to move out to New York City.
3: Maybe this chick was, wrote that article that you read. <laughs> it's possible, that? this chick could kind have of wrote that article that you read. She was a journalist, right?
0: Right. So <laughs> here I find in the New York Times. I want. I really want to find that original article that was highlighting all these women that were moving out to New York because they wanted to be like Sex in the City. Sure enough, because it's a 20 year anniversary, New York Times on June 6, 1998, HBO broadcast its first episode of Sex in the City, introducing the world to carry Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha, four single women who took Manhattan by storm, blah, 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 Less remarked upon is how the show spurred a generation of young, ambitious, and single women to move to New York and chase their own sex-in-the-city dreams, whether that meant finding their Mr. Big, landing a fashion PR job, or sipping Cosmopolitans at Manilow Bl- Bl- Blannox while summering in the Hamptons. Were you among those transplants? How many of you made it to New York? Who did you identify with? Uh, We want to hear your story. And so it provided a little vindication. And then you read through and they profile all these women below of which you can stereotype, 41, 50, writer, fashion, publicist, all work avoidance degrees. There's one millennial girl who is a Caitlin Stannis occupation wedding toast writer. She is a wedding
2: toast writer write her
4: wow. and, and, and
3: they, they don't know literally. how to be genuine. Do they? Wow. <laughs> None of them know how to be genuine.
6: <laughs> well, they're
3: helping other people be fake. Right.
6: <laughs> you, you know, I think part of the problem is people decreasingly are capable of separating fiction and fantasy from the real world. Like when I, when I was working at the Chicago Reader, we used to have this, this um, movie reviewer who would... Every time he, he – he was really interested in international movies, and every time he got interested in a nationality, like Iran, he would start thinking he was that nationality, and it would start slipping into his writing. Like, we here in Iran, and he's sitting in Chicago.
2: Like, That's kind of like, weird.
6: Like, people, people – you know, and, and it's like this. People model their lives after sitcoms and shows and that kind of thing. And they don't realize that even if the material for that show is drawn from real life, when people write fiction to make it entertaining, they exaggerate things for comic effect and they do satire. And, and people, people don't register that. They think this is a realistic portrait of life.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, to be thinking. fair to the, um, to the person that did this, I imagine... That after Indiana Jones came out, and I know there are people that went and got archaeology degrees because they wanted to be Indiana Jones. So there are some other examples out there, too, I guess, where, where guys maybe do that, but not to this level, I'm sure.
6: Well, there's a difference between a role model and losing touch with reality and thinking that, you know, without a trust fund or whatever, you can live in Manhattan on about $50 a week.
3: Right.
0: Well, that's what's concerning me is I'm seeing more and more of these articles. And whereas I used to think that ah, this is just a sensationalism piece, this is just, uh, you know, all oh, they're doing that for, for the, the clickbait and, and, the, uh, and the traffic. If you start looking at things like the Huffington Post, let's take the Huffington Post, for example. Yes, it's biased to the left, but how is it any different than this slot being written here?
2: Well, Huffington Post doesn't pay their writers at all, so
3: yeah, all know, like hopefully blog, right? this
2: person does. I don't know. Well, right, but what I'm saying is... yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. It's just, you know, it's, so what? They're all full of shit, man. Right. I
3: was going to say, my my reaction to this article and her letter, though, is by all outward appearances, she succeeded in her quest. She was yeah. a, she was arousing success, and yet it didn't work. You know, she did everything she wanted to do. Everything. And so and, and so this is the shining example of of if you if you want to be Indiana Jones, you know, or you want to be the sex in the city chick or whatever and you bought and you succeed, it's not what you think it is.
2: No, no, it's not. I, I became a submarine officer because I read the Hunt for Red October. And uh, yeah. let me tell you, well, Tom he got some stuff right. He's also full of shit in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, because he's a fiction writer. As a fiction writer, I can relate to that. Um, It's still awesome being on a submarine, but it's not quite what made it out to be, huh? Right,
0: but I, when I'm looking at more and more articles coming out, and maybe this is this is admittedly a a woman our age, but um, and again, I'm trying to figure out how much is this is a fine net. Versus right. people who are actually living this life to the point that they're delusional.
4: Yeah. If
0: we if we keep flooding the market with worthless degree people, we flood the college market. Hey, here's here's all the money in the world. Go major in government. Go be a writer. We keep deferring, kicking the can down the road, and delaying people from having, actually having to live in the real world. What percentage of? Because here's the thing: this gal obviously came from a very privileged background. There's no way she could have done any of this without Daddy Warbuck supporting her. I, I guarantee if we were to look up her father, there'd be some money there. And she uh, didn't support herself at all in New York. It was certainly either parasiting off of dates or her dad supporting her. But Sounds like be-
2: it was mostly parasiting off of dates for what she said.
3: Right. <laughs> and she was but popular if- enough to get basically sort of sponsors in a way that, you know. Right. Um, Right. People that were uh, uh, designers would give her free clothes and stuff because she was, yeah. I, I guess, you know, at least well enough known known to be able to profit from that.
6: Yeah. You know, there's I think I need to need to make a distinction between having a role model and like buying into this crazy lifestyle. Like there's nothing wrong with becoming a submarine officer because you oh. saw something that inspired you.
2: Oh, fuck, I'm not saying but, that, but, de- <laughs> but,
6: de- but, but deciding <laughs> that, you like, should be a prostitute because someone on a nice show on TV is a prostitute, which is basically what they're doing, right?
2: I mean, well, they yeah. wouldn't call it prostitution, they, they wouldn't
6: meant, call it prostitution, yeah. but yeah, you're going out on a date and he's flying you here and there, and you, you find out that, oh, I actually am a prostitute, and you, then you freak out and you wind up having to be flown home on jet blue. Like, there, there's nothing wrong with people gleaning role models from fiction, but why would you pick a role model like that?
0: Well, it's because they're conditioned to, and that's that's the
2: original point right, that I had right. about this. And those girls were portrayed as glamorous and fun, and look at all the fun we're having, and yay, and no cares in the world except for the boys. But who cares? About, yeah, I, mean, I think, I think that, and that's very appealing to a certain segment.
1: Yeah, we, uh, you know, I think another part is there's a lack of agency in this. You know, so. She's using this to fulfill the agency, and then there's a term. It's called—I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly—but um, pareidolia, It's P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A. But basically, it's the face it's like on the, Mars thing. The, the, the roar. Yeah, it's like the face on Mars. So it's basically a psychological phenomenon <laughs> that you see what you want to see. These patterns. And it's one of these things like if you go into a haunted house and you hear a creaky door, you think it's a spirit. If it's just a house you're going to buy and you hear a creaky door, you think, I got to go get some WD-40. So it's one of these things where the psychological phenomenon, I see this actually when I go through like expert witness um, depositions. I can see people switching into this, this mode that is like this paranormal. They, they see things that were never really there um, that they wanted to see. And, and it's so, I don't know. I, I think people are, are believing this is, is, is real or possible, but yeah, I guess it'd be more because like when I was, you know, when we were growing up, what was it? it? was like the love boat and fantasy Island. Hell, I didn't believe you could go to fantasy Island. I didn't believe the shit that went on the love boat real, you know, really. But I um, did. did you? Well, even friends <laughs> was around at this time too. And I guess, yeah, but, but, um, yeah. Um,
2: I mean, I'm I, watching well, on star. star Trek too. I believe I the sports,
1: sports, sports, sports stars, league. though.
3: But isn't there a statistic about sports stars that just, there's yes. a huge percentage of, of the black population when their kids are, and even their parents are sort of banking on the idea that they become a multi million dollar sports star? And so that, that it, they're looking at that as a possibility and they sort of. Um, forsake all of other opportunities in exchange for this kind of goal that happens to such a small percentage of people.
1: Yeah, yeah actually, I, I dated um, a girl in high school and her brother went on to pitch for a major university and made it to the MLB draft and then wiped out his arm and that was it. But the whole family, yeah, that was the focus. There was nothing else from right. little on. And like his, his God, his godfather had been a, a coach for, you know, the Boston Red Sox, some First base coach or something. But yeah, I mean, that was it. Well, and, maybe- and, oh, yeah. And, and, and Anne's like the sound effects. Aaron, Aaron, you were jazzing me on the sound effects, but Anne's got like every button up right now. Beep, 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 no, beep. She just fire, lives in Chicago. Fireplace. Yeah.
0: All right. So, sports stars is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. They're delusional. Only one in 19,000 people actually become a professional athlete. And by professional, that just means paid, not paid a lot. You could be working over in the minor leagues uh, as the third uh, designated hitter or something like that. You have the example we talked about here with Miss Real Life uh, Carrie Bradshaw. You then put that in an environment where you could do anything, follow your dreams, uh, and not only will we give you Daddy Warbucks money, we'll lend you all the money from the government to make sure whatever slop or crap. Yes, you could go to New York. Yes, you could go to L.A. and start. So – Compared to say 1940, what percentage of our population back then versus today have those delusional dreams?
6: Well, if you think about it, if you're you're, you're talking about people being conditioned to want to do this, if you watch, I don't know, TV shows, documentaries, biographies, how often you, you know you you very very often see biographies telling the story of people who have these extraordinary lives who become you know, you're one in a million baseball stars or who become singing stars is, are, are there any stories published or TV shows made that glamorize like having a job and buying a house and raising
2: kids? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course not. Cause, cause when you, t- I mean, come on, when you're, you're telling a story, people don't want to hear, don't want to listen to a story about somebody who's just like them, right? They, they want to hear a story about someone who goes above and beyond who overcomes odds, who faces a challenge and rises up and kicks ass, and takes names and conquers the kingdom and gets the princess and you know. Well, sure. That's it, what that's and true, and that when you're telling stories, the boring everyday life that all of us lead, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna read that. Nobody's gonna watch that unless you're J- Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not saying that's not like true. I mean, it's just, I think it's because there's not so much That's not true, it.
6: but it, but it. But the the result is that people don't see ordinary lives being glamorized, and then they get it into their head that I could be the one in a million because they've seen this so many times. Okay, right. all right. So yeah. let me stop. Let me stop everybody right here, and
0: yeah, let me ask you this.
2: There's a difference. Like... Go ahead. Go. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> I keep talking over you.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Uh, there's a difference or delineation between escapism in the case of watching fiction, uh, like The Hunt for Red October, Sex in the City. What I'm arguing or what I'm afraid of is that especially today, starting with our generation, but really turned up to 11 now, is we no longer teach that to the kids that this is not real, this is escapism, this is not likely. And now people are delusional to think that, well, not only can I do it, but I'm almost entitled to it. Or I should do it, and there's no uh, hand of reality coming down and striking a little sense into your skull, saying, "No, you're not gonna think about that on the outset, uh, on, on, the, on the premise. You're gonna move to New York with no job, and you're gonna become a fashion writer, <laughs> a fashion writer. You're gonna move to the most expensive, and you're gonna, and you're not gonna move to like the Bronx or Queens. You're gonna move to Manhattan." or the more expensive parts of it, and you're going to buy shopping bags and expensive clothes, and you're going to have brunch, and you're going to drink most <laughs> every week.
6: Every if week.
0: You, if you think about it, when people are in their
6: developmental stages, like kids used to get jobs and babysit and do all this stuff. I don't know if they still do that. And and people used to take degrees that were demanding. So you get out of high school, you study, you study, you get into college. You you know, If you're taking a demanding degree, you spend a lot of time working. But now, if you're taking like women's studies or basket weaving or whatever, you don't have to spend that much time on your work. So you spend those formative years like watching Netflix instead of learning to work. You're watching these fantasies, and you never get it in your head that like that's not the way the world is. So forty five of painful minutes later, we finally get to the point
0: I've been trying to make. (laughs) <laughs> what what percentage of insane, delusional dipshits are we dumping out into the market now? That's and when I looked, I saw the the article, not the specific one that I remembered, but the one where you actually had women saying, "Yeah, I did that. I moved out there. Now I'm starting to wonder what percentages of these articles that we all, with you know, clear logical brains, and we mock and ridicule, what percentage of them actually think it? What percentage of them? Actually, believe this because well, think- I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's
6: around. I mean, now there's varying levels. Oh, Jesus,
3: <laughs> it was Jesus. Jesus, was- <laughs> it
1: was Jesus.
0: <laughs> there are varying levels of delusion and insanity. I mean, <laughs> this woman is obviously very delusional. I would say pushing insane, but another <laughs> example. I'm, I'm at the the Walgreens today. All right, uh, here's this kid. He's got long black hair, no offense, DT. Diet, not dyed, polished black nails and a lip piercing. And he's looking at me, and I can just see he has no bones. He just has wet noodles for a skeletal structure. Uh, And oh, yeah, you have your choices, and you could do. No, that guy has mental issues. That guy is not going to be a productive member of society. Fine, he's working at Walgreens. Good for him. I guarantee you I'm paying for him in some other way, in some other regard. And that has nothing to do with the other people he's going to interact with. And heaven forbid, Breed. Think about that 30 year old dipshit that's suing his parents because they wanted to evict him.
1: Yeah.
0: Turns out he's got a goddamn kid.
1: Yeah, eight year old kid. And he's behind like twenty eight thousand in child support. Right. So
3: well, there's a stat saying- that just came out that 40% of people don't have $400 for emergency expenses. So I think when you're saying how many people are insane and are pursuing things that they know um, won't work out, but they're delusional and they think that they are. And they think that if they uh, uh, if they buy certain things, they're going to be happy. There's all kinds of different kinds of insanity, right? There's all kinds of things that were sold via either fiction or just commercials and stuff. Oh, this is going to make you happy. This is going to make you a success. And we result with 40% of people don't have 400 bucks to pull together for an emergency expense. And there's all kinds of statistics like that. Yeah. Most of the, the society is insane. All right. DT. I'm going to be
2: the devil's advocate here on that. Cause I'm the guy who had far more than that in emergency expenses funds. And then this thing called divorce happened. Yep. (laughs) And now the fuck, fuck, fuck emergency fund. I'm just trying to make ends meet.
3: Well, I, what would, what would be the percentage of those people that have had true hardship? I mean, that's, that's, that's the question you're posing there. And I guess I don't know the answer to that. I meet a hell of a lot more irresponsible people in my own life than I do people who are truly suffering some kind of legitimate hardship. So,
2: Oh yeah. I right there with you, man. I'm, I guess it just hits a little close to the bone right now. Get, talk oh, to sure. About, talk yeah, I get talk it. to me in six months.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I raised that with some family recently, and it's like, whoa, I raised this stat wrong, around the wrong crowd. So, you know, I'm trying to we, get we like, wow, really? They're not responsible enough to have just 400 bucks? And uh, yeah, yeah, there's, we, and they're the kinds of the people that just, yeah, go to the rock concert or, You know, or buy their latest gadgets and all that kind of stuff, but they don't have four hundred bucks for an emergency expense.
5: Well, hell, I always made sure I had you know at least four hundred dollars just in ammo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: Well,
2: okay. If I want to sell my ammo, I'd be well beyond that. But that's you know you don't want to sell that. That's trading supplies after the apocalypse.
3: Yeah, that was part of the stat was that they would have to sell something to get that four hundred bucks. Oh, okay. (laughs)
5: Hey, yeah, you know, well, the, women, the women were all saying, yeah, they
1: would sell their ass. <laughs> so, but not their ass, only their pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Going back, you know, Aaron posed a question before, of like, I guess, how long would would women stay with this versus a guy? And I'm thinking, you know, it's every year they show some training camp in the NFL. And there's some guy who's been, like, working out, like, nonstop. And he buys, like, the jersey and all the authentic stuff. He's running up and down, like, outside in the parking lot, hoping someone would recognize him. But usually, like within the day, someone's over there, and they're like, "Dude, dude, not happening." Like, and he's and he gets it; he's gone, you know. And right. I, I, I just don't, I don't, I, I haven't seen that with guys where they pursue these these types of things, or whether it be, yeah, that Indiana. Or, I, I, I think the reality sets in much faster. Maybe that's because the, men are rational. Yeah, men are rational, and and then also. Um, taking on responsibility like in the workplace and creating things and building things and stuff like that um, and, well, all, and-
5: also though sorry to interrupt you, but it 's not just that men are more rational, I think generally speaking they are, but society doesn 't let us get away with irresponsibility the way it lets women get away with it, like this woman who was able pretty much to get by on a you know a soft form of prostitution I mean if a guy moved to New York like that um, he's going it 's not going to take him ten or twenty years, or however long it took this girl to wise up. To that, because, you know, his life is, is you know, he's not gonna be able to make it just on, you know, wearing something nice or something like that right. The world doesn't work that way for men. So that's probably th- as much of a reason as the differences between men and women m- mentally.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, as 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 I'm listening to this, I mean, and we probably all listen to, to Stefan Molyneux, you know, for whatever it's worth. But he's always talking about sexual market value. It sounds like she wrote this when she hit the sexual market value wall, just like Carrie Bradshaw did. And now she's trying to figure out what the hell to do. And, of course, Carrie went off the air. So what, is this, what does she do? I mean, what, what are her options? I think that's what she's really trying to get at here.
4: I think
0: she's just finally being introduced to reality at this point. Uh, because nothing that she... Well, she got, as, as DT pointed out, she got everything she wanted. And now she's not happy. And now she's starting to go through stuff that you would have normally gone through in your late teens and early 20s. But she was chasing after this delusion... Uh, of becoming a, a sex in the city uh, wannabe.
3: Well, she was successful. She didn't recognize it. It seems like, I mean, she made it right. I mean, she made it in New York. She got a show, um, uh, but how she was describing it, I would say she was successful, but it wasn't what she thought it was going to be. It, success didn't mean uh monetary success or it didn't mean any type of success that she was thinking that it was, but she was a- absolutely successful. Well, oh,
6: my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now Anne's uh, at a concert. Can't She, she can't shut is her window or scary. something?
6: Maybe Every it, time I unmute my microphone, there, like a siren goes by or somebody honks their fucking horn. And you know what? It's so noisy here, I don't even notice it till you mute me. There's a siren yeah, right yeah. outside my window, and I can't even hear
2: it because I'm so used to it. Do you have your windows open or what the hell, man? Well, yeah, it's like Let's 80 the degrees. I'm sombrero. And and California. Can you sweat a little bit. Uh, sorry, you perspire a little. I glow, but <laughs> no, no.
6: Seriously, it's it's so noisy in my neighborhood all the time that if you hadn't muted me, I would not have
0: noticed there was a siren running. Right oh no, well, I'm, I'm getting used to muting you. Don't worry, it's becoming habit now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I you guys laugh, all wonder, notice you know, it was, up?
0: It was, it's I, kind I, of funny. I got uh you know, a bunch of. People, I told them, like, yeah, I'm doing this new podcast. I want to interview people and have them on the show, and, and, and including you or including you. And, like, oh, dude, I'm, ha- I'm free next week. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. we got to work some kinks out. We have hey, got to work some kinks out.
2: Hey, Aaron, I, there's some guy named Ali in the comments who wants to pay you to come on the show to ask you a question.
0: Uh, I don't know how to. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know how to bring somebody on the show. Oh, wait, maybe I do. Did he give me um
2: uh, Ali Ikram.
0: Uh, yeah, does he have, um, does he know. have I'd like a Twitter him. or, hey, just everybody back off a little bit. Does uh, Michael, does Ali have, did he provide like a Twitter or a Facebook or some way to send him a link?
2: No, this is Aaron. Aaron, I love you. Heart. Aaron, how much to come on the show and ask a question? Yo, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, where are you? Aaron, where are you? Mel, wow. to question marks.
0: Wow. Okay, so he's crazy. It sounds uh, like a
3: song.
2: Aaron, Aaron where are he's you? your gay stalker lover guy.
0: Yeah, I don't – for everybody listening on the chat, I'm not following the chat right now. Again, like I said, this is – got to work all the kinks out. Um, But this is why I finally found out that Beckloff has uh, Luke on. He has a dedicated person to watch the chat so that if a super chat comes in, it's immediately addressed. If there's an interesting question, it's immediately addressed. Otherwise, I have to be on Ann Sturzinger's – microphone the entire time, making sure that when there's a siren or a cat or a cat that got hit by a fire truck at the same time, uh, I can do it. I
2: I don't mean to make fun of Ali, but he did offer you money. That's the only reason I brought it up.
0: Well, that's That's why I'm, yeah. So did he find a, is there a way I could send him a link to the show?
2: I don't know. He's just in the comments.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I can't, there's really no way to do it, but yeah, down the road, well, that super chat thing will be able to take care of it. So, um okay. Let's bring up the Miss America thing because I was going to talk about that. Who does not know about the Miss America thing?
2: What's the Miss America thing? I mean, oh, my goodness. I'm God. still
0: not sure it's not a joke. Well, Michael, what it is is that the Miss America pageant has been taken over, at, more or less, I believe, by Gretchen Carlson, who is a former Miss America winner herself from Minnesota, no less. And um, they are doing away with the bikini contest or the swimsuit contest.
2: So, what's the fucking point?
0: <laughs> well, that's that's where this is interesting. And I might actually shock you guys by saying I kind of agree with this.
5: Oh, Christ.
0: I
6: well, want to hit, oh, damn it. Man. What? You want to see more fiddly?
0: So you you like, want to
2: hear, them make, more, okay. All right. make, hear them make more dipshit speeches about they going to Jesus H! Come on,
0: man. Let, let me ask you guys all simple question. When's it's the a beauty contest. You, when's the last time you guys watched it? Never. 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 No.
1: Right? It's no when beauty I was a
0: contest. kid, I watched it. Yeah, but, yeah, my parents had it on in, in like, high
6: school.
0: Okay, so let me go. I went and did a little digging up and some history of the Miss America pageant contest. started in 1921. And then when television came along, obviously, radio, you're like, ah, oh, she's hot. Are you sure? Yeah, trust <laughs> me, she's hot. Broom Hindler Von Vinks. Yeah, she's she's 340 pounds of hotness, as far as you know. So television comes along, and it gains this huge amount of popularity, and it peaked in the late 70s and the early 80s. So then, uh, as uh, you have cable came in, there was more to watch on TV And then certainly the internet, which John only gave you more stuff on on quote TV, internet TV. But you introduced porn. No guy gives a damn anymore about watching a girl twirl a baton in a bikini or a swimsuit that covers everything up.
2: And the only they freaking do. What's that? Yes, they do. What? Okay, when's the last time you watched the Miss America pageant? You know. Why did okay based on your logic there, Aaron? No girl should ever wear underwear or lingerie. Just you know, fuck it, just go out nude. No, man, it's all about the tease. It's all about the hey, look what you could have but not. And come on, man,
0: I'm pointing out the reason no one's watching it anymore is because there's a lot more other stuff on TV. And if guys want to get cute chicks, they have so many unlimited options now with porn on the internet. The uh, Miss America pageant has largely gone away. Uh, I think if I remember the numbers correctly, 2008 it had 8.6 million. Viewers. Now the most recent one dropped below six, uh, which is nothing. I mean, the, they compared it to the Victoria Secrets uh, lingerie halftime show, and that had 10.6 million views. Uh, shoot, there's some <laughs> internet celebrities that get more than that talking about video game reviews. So the whole point is, this thing is dead. This is a dinosaur. It, it's a throwback to a time that is no longer is. And I'm not saying I agree with it, but guess who the majority of people are that watch this now?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. women, right?
0: Women, right? And since this is largely a female affair, and women don't care about how hot another chick is, yes, now they do. Well, it's all only in turn of of jealous to each other. But now they're switching it over to oh, hang on, let me let me look it up. It's cringeworthy because now once girls take things over, it's all about empowering.
3: Right. <laughs> Whatever Gretchen, Gretchen Carlson said, yeah.
0: Gretchen Carlson. Here she took
3: down it. Roger Ailes, right? She she's one of the reasons why the whole Fox News thing started, I think.
5: Uh, Maybe I don't. I don't think um, think, uh, she was the one that claimed to be um, harassed by Roger Ailes, but she was fired. She uh, or she wasn't given the slot she wanted to. She was downgraded to like a less uh, um, uh, 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 a time slot that had less viewers, and there was something uh, some lawsuit over that.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew she had a lawsuit, but I didn't remember exactly what it was.
5: And I think she did, you know, jump on the. Because, I mean, anyone can say, yeah, he harassed me. Yeah, so right. when all this stuff came out, she said, yeah, yeah, throw that in too. You
3: know? Yeah, yeah. What were you looking up, Aaron?
5: I found
0: it. I, I wanted to get to the article point um, where you could just see that this is no longer a <laughs> mainstream thing. Men aren't watching it. Women have definitely taken it over. And now it's going to be what do they call that? A, a hen brigade or a hen convention? Where women get together and complain?
3: Uh, knitting circle. Hell. Knitting circle.
0: Knitting circle. Thank you. Uh, for decades, young women across the country have competed in the Miss America pageant, walking the stage in evening gowns and swimsuits. But this pageant, as it's been known, is changing. We are no longer a pageant. We are a competition because we are no longer judging women candidates on their physical outward appearance At Gretchen Carlson and a Minnesota native, the former Miss America. It's a beauty contest. Beauty con. Hang on. The big thing is, you don't have to be a perfect 10 anymore because we want to talk to you about the substance of your life, your career goals, your objectives, what you want to be, your leadership skills, and how you feel empowered. See, it's all this leftist crap. It's gone to the social justice warrior crap. Now it's your beliefs. Not one of these days. I don't know if we had one girl in the history of Miss America ever do like a calculus proof. (laughs) <laughs> or ever to polar conversions. It's always I'm gonna twirl the baton, and I love the children. You know, but now we're going. Didn't hmm. the god
2: emperor used to be involved with the, with the Miss America thing, and he's not anymore, or something? He's I Miss USA. Was, I Miss guess there's USA. a Miss
3: USA and a Miss America. I didn't know I, there was two different ones.
0: I think he's Miss
3: Universe. Oh so, well, then never mind. Now, this you
2: know, would if, be if why It's,
5: it's got to be it's big. It's not
3: just
2: one.
0: <laughs> it's
3: it's got to be just the, world, universe. It's the universe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: this would be why he's not involved with it. My for sake but if if you listen
0: to what they're saying it's just a uh, it's standard women have taken this over and not at least conservative women who might say well maybe it should not physical beauty be kind of a thing cuz men like that and that's kind of would it be tri-. Nope, it's all gone we are women in 2018 moving forward we are women of the future i think it's important to make this change it's a scary change but necessary for good and good for the program Shalom said Around the country, events like the Women's March and the Me Too movement show a cultural revolution. Women are standing up and speaking out. Carlson says this competition has taken notice of that. I can't think of any young woman who wouldn't want to be part of this empowering empowerment process. Students at the University of Minnesota said they're thrilled with the changes. I think it's awesome that this, that's not the focus on women anymore, especially with everything that's going on with women's empowerment, said one student. I don't even quote this. just said one student.
3: One student,
6: yeah. Yes. Gonna, <laughs> the article, generic. Article, yeah, when I'm going to write an article be, be, <laughs> one guy on the street is going on with women's empowerment. Could you get more vague?
3: Like, all that stuff. <laughs> all that stuff. Like, yeah. we voted.
0: I think that it's necessary. I think it's about time. I think that's how women should be
5: viewed. Another added.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Another student.
5: You know, <laughs> I, I don't get, like, what doesn't empower women? Like, they're always saying, you know, this empowers women, this empowers women. Like, what really threw me for a loop was, do you remember, like, I don't know, it was like four years ago, there was this um, uh, Duke University chick that started doing porn, and, and and she went on all the media. I mean, she was oh, on, yeah. here's, here's Morgan, she was on The View, um, she, I mean, this, I mean, she was media savvy, I'll give her that, for someone who was 18 years old, and she was doing, like, really hardcore um, Pornography, and she's saying how empowered it was. I'm like, what?
0: Did she end up killing herself? Or am I thinking of other porn star actresses that kind of that have one. the life yeah. expectancy of a Coke addict?
5: Well, she probably, I don't think she's dead, but I mean, she, she uh, I think I would have heard about it if she killed herself. But half of these chicks end up, you know, killing themselves or strung out on dope or, you know, whatever. So I don't know. But I mean, what, what the story was said, She's from she's from Washington State. So, um, it, it kind of got a lot of press here, but I mean, it got press all over. Cause like I said, she went on those, all those international shows, but, um, yeah, she was even on like, uh, Howard Stern and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it was really sad, like what it did to her family. Like she was raised like this very traditional Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. she went to a, a, a Catholic prep school. Um, her father, you know, her parents were still married. Her father was a doctor in the, uh, military, And, you know, he comes home from Afghanistan to find out his, uh, literally comes home from Afghanistan to find out his daughter is doing, you know, like taking three dicks up her ass.
0: Yeah, that's, it's because I remember her dad was overseas and he was a doctor or maybe a chaplain even or something. No, he was a doctor. He was a doctor.
4: Okay.
3: So how many young girls saw those interviews and were like, oh, that's so empowering. I want to go do that. And then they go into the internet porn business and don't make any money at all because it's basically just legal prostitution. And, and and just like the Sarah Jessica Parker chick, right? Oh, this is, the, this is the new sex on the internet instead of sex in the city.
0: Well, that's, again, oh. gets back to my original point. Is what percentage of gals have, like, done uh, uh, porn shoots or what are they called? Webcamming. Like, what percentage oh, for fuck's ability? sake, man. I, you know,
2: I, dude... I, you know, I'm just going through this divorce thing, or right. Uh, so you're you're gonna think um, oh if you here. But I, in the last few weeks, I've been experimenting with Tinder. I'd heard about it for a long time, and uh, when I was married, I wasn't gonna do that shit. So, holy cow! I'm getting on there, and the first five or six girls, I'm like, holy cow! who contact me? Like, holy cow, they're hot. Next thing I know, they're all like. Hey, I've got a cam channel. Hey, I've got a cam channel. Hey, I've got a cam channel. Come and like me and vote me as the best, and we'll hook up later. I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourselves. Good.
3: Empowering.
2: Wow,
6: yeah. I, I'm actually I'm actually webcaming right now. I've got one client who really likes podcasts, so.
2: Well, hey, you know, I'll power to you there, I mean, That's awesome. Um, but it's like, holy shit! Here I was trying to be legit, but uh, oh well. There, there, well, and you, the, yeah.
5: you did do the uh, panties for sale thing for a while, didn't you?
2: I, I looked into
6: it, but it was really it, it, it wasn't worth it. It I was just really gave it a go. Yeah, I don't, I, I.
2: Yeah, I, you need to be in Japan to make that
6: worthwhile. Yeah, there's, there's, it's really labor intensive. The, the price is really actually quite low it's like $25 for the whole panty plus postage. So you buy the panty, you wear it for a day. And that's a day of, you know,
2: yeah, but you don't panty. really, really have to wear it for a day. You could just say you did. Yeah. yeah I, but, are they going to send it back? I mean, come on. <laughs>
6: I suppose, I suppose, but I believe in quality control. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <That is perfectly> <laughs> <different>.
0: <laughs>
6: all
2: right. Well, fair enough.
0: Oh, all right. Uh We'll we'll wrap this up here. I want uh, something real quick. Predictions about Ocean's Eight before we take oh, off.
2: Oh, is that the one with all the girls? It's That's gonna the one with
0: all the girls. Is it's it gonna, gonna be, suck. Is it gonna? Oh, it's gonna suck, no doubt about it. But I'm talking about box office receipts. Do we think it's gonna uh, be profitable? Make a ton of money, or is it? I, it's gonna suck. I know. That. I know. I'm never
2: watching it. I'm
5: it's gonna go the way the the Ghostbusters reboot with the women. You think? Yeah. DT
3: yeah I mean I suppose it'll open fairly strong and then it'll be done you know all the all the women that want to you know go girls go we'll see it you know opening weekend and then that'll be it and and there was a a drudge report had an article today that basically was asking the question are are there too many female reboots so I think hopefully it's uh maybe this will be one of the last I, I I doubt it but we can hope
2: Oh, for fuck's sake! Have you ever read Vox Day? They always double down. They're come on, man. They're not gonna well, going to eventually they'll lose money, the right? Article. Nah, it's a religion. I don't know. Solo
0: lost a lot of money and didn't lose a lot and of they're money. They're
2: going to keep on doubling down on it because I, have you seen the news articles? They're saying that they lost money because it was a white man in the lead role.
0: Right, right. So I, I do believe that the politics is not going to end.
2: Yeah. The
6: no,
1: yeah,
0: that, gonna... that's the why the first Star Wars did so badly too. Doc, <laughs> what
1: do you think? Ocean's Eight? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to see it. I have no interest. I. I. I'm kind of uh, with uh, Mr. Steele on this. I think. I think it's going to do. You know, get its audience for the first three, four days, and then it's going to go right in the tank. No. Yeah, and? I, there's nothing appealing to the.
6: Yeah. Let's see. It's got Anne Hathaway and Mindy Kaling, so I don't know. It'll make maybe ten bucks. Uh,
0: I know you're not going to go see it. I'm saying, what do you think the gross receipts are going to be? Uh,
6: I don't know what they spent on it, but I'm guessing they'll make a profit of like ten bucks.
0: Oh, 10 bucks. Oh, that's your that's your profit. Yeah, that's that's going to be my over. All right, I'll I will save my prediction for a secret later. Uh, at a it's, point. Yeah. I got it
1: up here. It says seventy million U.S. to make. I don't think that's going to be easy to. Recover, I mean, only seventy million. I mean, yeah,
3: it's might, sort of. They I'm they looking at the poster even. for it now, and it's sort of encouraging that their tagline is "Every con has its pros," as in <laughs> prostitutes. So you know, <laughs> so, I, don't know. You know I, I don't know. I mean, it's a little. Well, is Anne
5: Hathaway naked in it? Because if she is, maybe I'll check it out. Because she's I've kind been
2: of in many. Out. She's been naked in many other movies, so you can just.
6: Yes. <laughs> That's her only non-annoying state is naked. Yeah, pretty much.
0: I always confuse her and the Emma Watson girl cuz they're kind of wafy. and right,
5: Emma Watson's ugly though. Anne Hathaway's pretty cute. Uh, you
4: think?
5: Alicia Alicia, at least, at least, uh, well, yeah, Emma, Emma Watson's ugly. I've seen I've seen pictures of her like without her clothes on. She's nasty.
2: Uh, I don't know about that, but I I do recall the uh, it look I haven't seen her anything she's been in since Harry Potter, but it was like I was like, yeah, watching that. She's like, she might grow into somebody who might be big and looking someday. But I guess I'm Kate,
3: wrong. Kate Blanchett looks terrible in this. I mean, she was hot in that Thor <laughs> movie. Know. She, I'm just, at this she one. was just smoking hot in the Thor movie, and now it's like, what happened? Oh Wait, my can, goodness!
0: Because... In the uh, in the uh, Ocean's Eight movie, she's in it.
3: Yeah, it looks like I think that's Kate Blanchett. She yeah. is. She looks like she's she running out. She she's
2: yeah. always been kind of gaunt girl. She was really
3: good looking in Thor though. I mean, wow, mm. she looked great, I thought. Mm. I so here's here's
1: something with, with Ocean's eight. So, you know, th- they're going for this necklace. Why would why wouldn't you twist this today to make it so you can hack into like some cyber currency vault or something like that? Make it because you lose half
0: you'd, I'm sorry, you'd lose all the female audience Yeah, you yeah you're fucking right, firewalls well. and I'm HTML sorry. statements. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: As soon as we got into that, you're right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's,
5: that's another reason why the movie's not going to do well is because women don't like to see movies about, you know, uh, jewel heists, okay? Women like to see, you know, rom-coms or, you know, Sex in the City movies, things like that. And guys don't like to watch movies about girls breaking into to jewel heists unless the bitches are naked. So, you know, I, I don't really see it. You know? <laughs> a bunch yeah. of girls yeah, naked and girls
0: breaking into a vault. I, I, I'd pay five bucks to see that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we weren't the TVD de- rental, you yeah, know
2: what it was I mean. in a strip club and not in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Well, listen, I'm going to end it up here, guys. Uh, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, we will be posting this. Um, I will download the MP3 file and all that. Uh, let's plug all of our stuff. Everybody knows about me. Go to olderbrother.com, assholeconsulting.com. Uh, links and all that are there. Patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. And what have you got?
6: Me uh, I actually Mike, you are not the only non-leftist science fiction writer on the planet. Oh, uh, one of the three books I put up this year is science fiction. The other two are a are Disaster Fitness and a action novel about stopping terrorism in Paris, which has a foot chase through an underground graveyard. And they're all on com or Amazon.
0: Just look up my name, Ann Sterzinger, S-T-E-R-Z-I-N-G-E-R, on Amazon. And we can find you at as well, correct? Yep. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Doc?
1: Yeah. If you can check out safetyphd.com, safetyphd.com. Hey, any follows I can get on Twitter or on the um, my, my YouTube, you know, on the videos and, and Podbean, that would be appreciated because, like, just, you know, not a lot of people – follow because it's kind of the niche thing, but I think, or niche or whatever the hell, but as Ann would say, you know, it's pretty interesting stuff and I get some pretty cool guests like I got Danny Woodburn coming on from Seinfeld and stuff like that. So um, yeah, if, if people just want to give it a try and, um, you know, I'd appreciate that. SafetyPHD.com
0: When are you, um, when are you going to be in South Dakota? Uh,
1: leave a week from today.
0: Week from today. Okay. There might be, and you're out there for a week?
1: A little longer than that, but yeah, my my, my mother in law is coming up to watch the house. So everybody listening to this won't, won't try to break in and steal. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, sorry. Like, Where are you gonna be? Oh, thanks. Yeah, all this shit you shouldn't give out. But yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. oh
0: sorry. Well, no, I was, I was just gonna. This might be in in the Black Hills the same time you are. So we'll. we'll oh, really? Up and, yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna go. I'm in the Southern Command now, but I'm gonna ride up north into the Cascades. Go uh, do some hiking with T.J. Martinell. You you know him. You did a show with him. Yeah. Um yeah. visit some friends on the way up and then I'm gonna head east through Wyoming and okay. uh and once once you're in Wyoming it's like well oh, the Black Hills are right there and then drop down south through Denver and Albi and cut back over to Vegas. So
1: yeah, I mean just send me a text, you know, when you're when you're out there because that that would be uh that'd be great. Cool. Since you are queer, there's nothing
0: for you to promote, just uh Me? Yeah.
1: Uh well,
3: blackbrigade.org is still up. You can still listen to all the podcasts. Yeah.
0: Good. You
3: ever revive it? Uh I've had I've got some ideas uh rattling around in the old brain pan. We'll see we'll see if anything happens. You going to hook Good. back
2: up with uh the man because DT man I love you. But and I loved your podcast with just you, but it was so much better with you and him together.
3: Well, that probably ain't going to happen. I'll have to disappoint you.
1: Uh, and and uh, dt just so you know you got a standing uh, invite uh to the safety doc podcast I, oh okay any time um just you know work through air and you get the contact but um sure. yeah i'd love to have you on cuz listen to all of your all your stuff i the nfl song that you did dun, 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 dun
3: oh, f- yeah. f- f- the necessary roughness quote cut the,
1: yeah. yes <laughs> cut that into its own thing like it's become my theme song so i'm like yes <laughs> Yeah, those John are fun. Steel. They were fun to put together. Yeah. The Sounders were awesome. John Steele.
5: Yeah. Um. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Steele ninety nine, and then there's a link there to my YouTube channel. Um. Which I just um did a cool live stream with with uh, Aaron Cleary here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing more of it now. And uh, you can find my I interviewed Ann. I think uh, you were on twice, Ann. I think. Um, so yeah, and I'm going to try to make it a more of a weekly thing and have more of a uh, YouTube presence by kind of doing my thing, which is not necessarily me rambling on, but finding other people and asking them questions and getting them to open up.
0: I, I told him this last, but, uh, I'll tell everyone who's listening, um, uh, if you want to, and there's not that many uh, videos that John has up, but you want to talk about an excellent interviewer and having some very interesting thought provoking guests. Uh, go to go to uh, John's channel. Is, is, do you have a tailored URL yet, or no?
5: Uh, I, th- I think it's the John Steele show. You can Google it on, um, but you just go to my Twitter, John underscore Steele ninety nine, and Steele is spelled S T E E L E, and uh, you'll, there's a link on my Twitter profile right to my YouTube channel, and you can find everything there.
0: Cool. All right, Michael Kingswood, you don't you don't have any books or anything, do you?
2: Yeah. No. And, and you're right. I'm not the only non-communist science fiction writer, but I do own the donate domain of non-communist what? science fiction.com. It, uh, redirects, it, it redirects to Michael Kingswood. <laughs> um, awesome. But, but anyway, uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of books up there in science fiction and fantasy. And, uh, I also do a podcast. It's uh story time with Michael Kingswood. And, uh, where every week I read a story or a portion of a story for, for promotion and uh, profit's sake. You can find me on Amazon all the other places, but I prefer you come find me at SS, SSNStorytelling.com is my business name. And if you buy books there, I make 90 to 95% as opposed to 70% from Amazon. Boom. Awesome. Thanks. All right, well, next week,
0: same bad time at channel, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll have the links posted below. Otherwise, thank you very much for being on the show, guys. You guys have a good thank you. Too. Thank, thank you. Good blast.
4: Thanks.